Yep, there we go. That was weird. Yep. Did you hear the sound that your voice was making? Uh, oh. Back. Oh. Uh, what is going on? Oh my god! This is like the most amazing. What is like, happening? Eight-bit Daft Punk on cocaine style sound that's coming out of your mouth. Is this? I want to celebrate one more time. Comrades, and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined by Corey Shreppel, Rodrigo Sanchez Cheveria, Mark Fangmeyer. We're going to do the uh, the whole podcasting thing. Um, people have been really getting into it. I think it's going to catch on. Um, as you probably heard, once I remix whatever the hell happened to um, Rodrigo's microphone, he's going straight. He's raw dogging the laptop right now because... <laughs> Uh, when he tried to speak into his nice microphone, it was like Optimus. It sounded like Optimus Prime was making love to a Daft Punk record. Yeah, oh, wow. I, I was. I was thinking Optimus Prime uh, taking laudanum and uh, and letting <laughs> and letting a vein while listening to a Daft Punk record. That's that's where I was going with it. But I think we're both uh, uh, hitting the same hitting the same we're hitting stride the same, there. Yeah. Uh, we're hitting the same something. We we both have uh, what, what kind of red wine are you drinking? Red, drinking a nice red. a nice a nice Rioja. Oh, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Rioja um, or Rioja? Mm-hmm. Rioja. Rioja. Right. Okay. We're going to talk about Minnesota United's uh, beat, uh, beating, beat, they beat yeah, Houston. Don't edit it. <laughs> they, they beat they, Houston. They were victorious? Dynamo. Yeah, the victoriousness of Minnesota United over Houston Dynamo, um, beating D- Dylan Walpers yet again. Um, has have, have we lost since the Dylan Walpers Darpies started like 17 years ago? I I don't believe so. Maybe in the Open Cup once. Um, yeah, we did lose to him in the Open Cup, I thought, right? Yes, Maybe because like I, was, Darwin, I was there Darwin at that the game. Um, so we'll talk about that, but let's get to the good, the bad, and the weird here. The good here is that Adidas officially released World Cup kits. Um, Mexico have an amazing kit. Jap- Japan have a wonderful kit. They also did uh, reversible jackets. The Japanese one is so sexy. It's um, stupid good. I, I just don't even know why people will make clothes ever again. Why bother? Just, just this. That should be like government, like the future, you know, when they have like, they're all wearing the same government issue. Everyone's wearing in, in the year 2024, the one world government is forcing us to all wear the Japan reversible jackets. And I'd be like, that's a pretty cool. That's not dystopian. That's cool. Give me my Soylent and send me on my way. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so you guys know, like, in this household, we, like, 
my kids have like five or six different Peruvian kids. Rarely do they have any Mexican kids. That's because Peruvian doesn't buy kids. My parents do and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But now there's a there's a conversation of like these kids look really cool. We might have to get some. And now I'm scared because then I might lose my streak. Um, well, they definitely are not getting U.S. kits this year because they stink. Um, yeah. And, and you know what? They, you probably won't lose your streak if Peru had qualified for the World Cup. <laughs> All right. And uh, the other good is um, Rapino uh, assists on the tying, game, tying goal, uh, Megan Rapino, that is, for O.L. Reign, and then uh, scores the game winner in extra time with a midair volley. Um, there were fantastic f- uh, photos by um, Morgan Tenza, um, who's, who we we asked how to pronounce her name in the DM, and she said she's going to listen to this, which is a lie. Um, but <laughs> Rodrigo, she, if she actually hears this, she should tweet about it yeah, and then right, tell us totally. what, what what was the what made her stop listening. I'm yeah. very curious. <laughs> exactly. At what point was it? Point? Was it when uh, Optimus it, Prime? It, it was the robot death drone. <laughs> the robot death drone. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like the Borg, I wish it would have sounded like the Borg. That would have been like resistance is futile. Yeah, right? no, this is this is this is way cooler than the Borg. Um, so take tell me tell me about this goal, Rodrigo. Okay, so there's this, this series of uh, of photos. Um, so Megan Rapino actually uh, crossed the ball after doing like a mini sombrero, uh, crossed the ball to tie the game, uh, crossed the ball and someone headed into the goal to tie the game. That's when. Megan Rapino takes off her jersey and, you know, uh, waves it around and gets gets it yellow. And it does a weird, like, um, almost a uh, Balotelli pose in the World Cup, you know? But right, it was right, obviously, right. she said it was like a an inside joke with the the team. So I'm, I'm not exactly sure the reference there. But. And then the second goal, which was an extra time, was literally like a half scissor, like volley midair, and it goes in for the winner. And I think that's probably my favorite one. Like, but overall, that you know, Morgan was able to catch all these, like in action, and like they just yeah, just go follow her and just look at all the wonderful pictures. I mean, she took amazing pictures at the MLS All Star. Uh, we you know we got to meet her at a, at Black Heart, so you know friends yeah. of the cool again. So yeah, really great photos. So. Yeah. So cool. So um, the other goods, uh, we're going to tie in with the Minnesota Aurora update because this week, Rory Aurorasaurus was unveiled to the world. And uh, yeah, there was a whole parade at the state fair. There was uh, the Jurassic Park unveiling. And I watched Jurassic Park this week because of that. And that movie still holds up, guys. It's awesome. It's a gorgeous it's a, film. It's a top. It's a top definitely like a top 10 for me yeah and i hadn't seen it since it came out maybe i saw it like one another time later when i was a kid but i I remember watching that at the very front row because we we were dumb teenagers and we were like oh yeah let's go sit in the very front row so we sat in the very front row and the whole dinosaur t-rex scene like it's engraved into my brain forever um but yep, Rory's there. Rory's beautiful, and uh, she'll be at the I think doing a couple more appearances at the state fair. And 
the other good, Morgan Turner, uh, you know, goes off to SCU Torrents in Portugal. They had a cup. I don't think their league starts until September 11th. So they had a cup game this weekend on Sunday that was broadcast on Facebook Live. Uh, and I think they're, they're going to broadcast most of their games on there, which will be awesome to watch. But the they did not capture the first eight minutes. And in the first three minutes, in the third minute of her professional debut, she scored a goal. Um, USLW League did find a clip of it, and they posted it. So I, I retweeted that. Um, but congratulations to Morgan um, for the Minnesota Aurora podcast. We're going to be talking to uh, Morgan, I hope, this week and catching up and, and seeing how, you know, talking to her about her path and, and what Portugal's been like. But that's awesome. I'm I'm excited to watch some of her play and hopefully hopefully a couple of these others will will get a chance to, to sign with some clubs and we'll be able to watch them throughout the year. But the bad. This is there's some weird bads. It's weird it's a weird bad week. Um Barcelona's Obama Yang was assaulted by a gang at his house. His wife and he were like handcuffed and like Whatever. It was a bad week to be a footballer, I think. Um, neither of them were injured, but that's kind of just crappy. And then Pogba was extorted by his brother. What's this story? I don't know if I read this one. So um, French prosecutors are investigating allegations that World Cup winner Paul Pogba was targeted by extortion attempts by his brother and his childhood friends. Um, apparently it was posted in social media by Matias, I believe is his brother's name, that uh, Matias Poga posted a video in tweets this weekend threatening to share explosive revelations about his brother and France star Kylian Mbappe. So we, this started like a month ago, apparently, oh, and it's beginning to pick more steam. So And those those revelations bring us to the weird, which is that Matias claims that his brother paid a witch doctor to put a curse on Kylian Mbappe. And what was the reason? Why why did he want to curse Mbappe? Just because he didn't like him? Yeah. Who, okay. who, who knows? Okay, I mean, great. for extortion attempts, like sure. let's not let's not let, let's so, not taint this with yeah. reasoning. Okay. <laughs> so now Kylian Mbappe has said that he wants to see video of evidence. And he won't play alongside, he's threatening to not play alongside Pogba, which would include at the World Cup. Um, so it's amazing that France is really just kind of like getting so efficient at their team breakdowns that it's not even the World Cup yet and they're completely falling apart, which it's, I think is a record for them. It's um, performance art. It's incredible. For those, no one is better. For those who remember back in the South Africa uh, 2010 uh, World Cup, the, the basically the French team just fell apart. They were they like threatened to not get off their bus and train because they just they, I think it was a money dispute. Um, it was just disaster. Then they get knocked out in the group stage, just completely fall apart. And uh, yeah, and so this is this is going to be a good one, guys. It's going to be fun. Um, the last thing here, it's a good and a weird, uh, which is that game started again. The season started again in Ukraine which they had to delay one of the games due to like bombs and stuff, uh, which is just, it's wild. <laughs> so 
Um, in some ways, I know that, it, I don't know, it's it, from this distance, it's hard for me to say what should and shouldn't happen, but obviously they want to, the Ukrainians, or at least the Ukrainian government wants to, or the players, whatever, want to move on somewhat with some normalcy. And so right. um, good luck to them. I hope they all stay safe. Yeah. I, I mean, like, they, they played an empty stadium, so it, it's going to be interesting how this, this continues. But yeah, so. Well, on that note, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll start to talk some Minnesota United. Back on the 55 One podcast, here's the news of the week. Luisa Maria made MLS Team of the Week on the bench. Uh, Minnesota United are currently third. In the West with 44 points, they are one point clear of Dallas with two games in hand, five points clear of Nashville with one game in hand, and five points clear of RSL, who we play on Wednesday with the same uh, games played. So that brings us to this last weekend. Um, Probably we had gone, I think, 12 games with only one loss and um, come into this 13th game. And basically, so since the, the... June international break, I, I believe we've just been on this yeah. hot roll, and um, uh, we come into the game playing the crappy team Houston, and the air. It was an afternoon game. The air felt like being in someone's armpit, and the team was playing as if they were in someone's armpit. First half of the game was dire. Um, I don't know if anyone has anything more to say on this, but it was just it was slow. Um, none of the what we'd been talking about of this counterattacking, this real pace, none of it was there. And um, and then right at the end of the half, Corey Baird um, scores a, a weird chip goal that I don't think he was. I don't know what he was doing, but it, it went in the net. There's no reason he should have been that far open. No, the first half reminded me of was it the Austin match where the first half ended with zero expected goals and zero shots for both teams, like. That's what this felt like in the first half. Like Houston definitely, I mean, they were time wasting in like the 20th minute when it was 0-0 still. And uh, and then we weren't putting any pressure on either. Like we had the better possession, but that was just because Houston was so terrible because our possession was pretty awful too. And it just felt like neither team wanted to do anything and they're just kind of going through the motions. It was it was terrible soccer to watch. And then, yeah, then that against the run of play, Corey Bear just comes in and just like kind of kind of catches our defensive line pushed up, I think, for a corner kick, which is why uh, Benitez and um, Boxel were so far up and just kind of Coleman was left to all to his. And no one to, was to back covering it. for that, yeah. right? If you're well, going to be. I mean, I think if we were going to talk about the goal, you have to talk about how Bongi has this tendency to get dispossessed in the last third. Um, and that is exactly what happened to that goal is Bongi got dispossessed. And then Houston counterattack when everybody was pushing up, which meant that Benitez and Boxy were late to try to do any covering whatsoever. And Baird was left wide open because uh, Coleman was covering the other. The other four were thinking that someone else was going to come back, and it was just—I you know, mean, it was—it was horrible to to watch. It's, this game felt like Miami, seriously. Like we had opportunities. We, you know, I don't know how many times Amarilla had, you know, chances the first half, but it was just 
we just didn't seem to want to score or finish our shots. And it really felt that it seems to be a theme with this team that we can play good teams and tough teams and be successful and get hyped up for games like that. But when it comes to lesser opponents, uh, we just seem to want to go in coast mode. And well, I think that's one of the things. I mean, that's, that's vibes ball. Um, personified right i mean it just you could tell they weren't feeling it and um they they both teams were terrible so they were just playing down to houston and houston got a kind of a, a fluke goal or or i mean it was good he was in good placement the the finish was just weird um and then in the second half bongi goes off um oh well we should talk about also i'm sorry seventh minute bakai debasi pulls up uh uh, I think it was just there was no contact to it, and now the news is that he's going to miss the rest of the season, which is um, we'll, we'll basically spend the last third of this podcast talking about that situation. So I want to you know focus on this game here, but that certainly had a play. And then um, uh, Brent Coleman uh, came in, you know, replete with his chips, uh, cop stash that he was going with. He looked like he um <clears throat> he he like had the look of a guy who like turned Eric Estrada into internal investigations or, or internal affairs or something like that. It's like it was like it was like Tom Selleck's like younger brother, like like Jeff Selleck. J F Selleck. Jeff Jeff. Jeff. Oh yeah. Oh, I like the initials J F Selleck. Like, what do the initials actually stand for? It's actually. It's just Jeff F. Selleck. There's no middle name. It's just there's three, three, there's three Fs in there. It's 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 Jose Fernando Selleck. Yeah. Oh, okay. So anyway, he was going with Officer John Baker. Look uh, in this one, and then um, for the second half, it started to come a little bit more together, and and we you started to get a little bit more like intensity and the the fans were a little bit more into it and that particularly came i think it was in the 70th minute was is that when you had the amaria um attempt uh bicycle attempt right around there yeah yeah and that i mean it's there was set up that it was absolutely gorgeous it went two feet wide if, if it had gone in the back of the net i'm pretty sure the stadium would have been lit on fire just the attempt, the bicycle attempt was so gorgeous. You could see it coming a mile away. And it was like a 10 minute long bicycle attempt. Um, just that lit people up and got them on fire. And then you could see the team kind of respond like, oh yeah, we should actually be playing the soccer game. Um, so thank you, Ambria, for like just deciding to go crazy and, and get people into the game. And then it wasn't until the last 10 minutes. Basically, um, Reynoso has a... Um, a free kick in the corner. And I actually, I was sitting up uh, in the, the gray clouds area up on the upper deck. And um, from the angle, I was like, Oh crap, this is, this is perfect Zeller face hit territory. Cause Zeller sits in this, in this spot and I could actually see Zeller. And he was at the time kneeled down behind the bar. And I was like, good, that's safe. That's safe. Stay there. And then he stood up. I was like, no, Zeller, don't do this. Because we all know how much Reynoso hates Zeller's face. And he wants to kick that ball into his face at every point. But Not, not, him, as a, not him as a person. No, just, just his face. Just, just his, his face. face. Uh-huh. And I, look, I mean, that's, I'm, not, that's I'm not condoning this. I'm just stating facts. 
Reynoso hates I mean, it, David Zeller's face. Target practice. Yeah, he's got. I mean, what? what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna excuse it. Anyway, Reynoso takes it, and then um, Fafa Picot, who actually loves David Zeller's face, tries to protect him, and get and goes up there, and he he like kicks it, and then the ball just screams into the back of the net. And uh, Fafa was trying to do something brave, something um, self-sacrificial, something beautiful. And uh, and he gives up an own goal, even though I think Reynoso did get credited with it, right? No, he did. They no, they took no, it away. No. Oh, they took it away. Meanies. Yeah. And then um, at least they they gave that to Fafa as a as a you know it's like a a badge for for his saving Zeller's face. Um, they gave him a coupon <laughs> to get anything from the from the yeah. stand from the like world's, table, world's yeah. fair. Uh, yeah, hopefully, he got one of those soft pretzels. And yeah, after he stuck yeah. around for the the MNUFC two Houston right. two game, and uh, and then you know five minutes later it comes complete with um, again the the ball was like slow in the corner. Benitez like slowed it up, and then the ball gets to Reynoso, and you think like oh man here and a counterattack just went to die, and then Reynoso pulls both defenders onto him, splits them, gives it to Benitez who suddenly is all alone. He takes it into the box, crosses it to Amaria, who's just like, again, in sandwich-making ter- territory. And um, and he slots it to the back of the net, and it's 2-1. Bob's your uncle. I think it's important to talk about how, like, when Bongi went off, Trap came in, and then uh, where Lude was playing, because he had a really good defensive game. For a while, Lude went know. out wide there, right. and then mm-hmm. he came back, but... But but he he'd be having a good defensive game. You guys remember that slide tackle he had, that he literally just you know uh, Wayne Rooney kind of some somebody and then just took the ball back up. Um, but then you also had you know you kind of switch the formation when at 68th minute you bring in Mendel Garcia for Ariaga, and then you have two forwards right, and then you start four four two. You start be able yeah. to figure out with a two forward system what can you do the most is just start pressing and. Within that press is where you get that 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 uh Picol, the Fafa uh well the free kick because Fragapane presses somebody and then they follow him right outside the box and so then we get to that goal so I think it's it's important that we at least acknowledge that you know the formation changing and the personnel change change the the atmosphere also of the team and the game. Yeah, that four four two switch. I know that you guys are always um, crying out for it. I don't know how much of a a plan it would be to start, but um, yeah, I'm I'm curious what Mender Garcia can do. I still, you know, we haven't seen that many minutes of him. He seems like a big dude. Um, so, but the, definitely the four four two definitely had an effect, especially when we were chasing and trying to trying to put the ball up and be really direct about it. And I. I could see certain teams us being able to boss them by just like giving up the midfield and just smacking it to the big dude and just going, you know, old school Sam Allardyce, Blackburn Rovers on them. Well, it was nice because it's like Amaria, he was drifting out left a little bit in the four four two and almost serving as like a a left winger at times with Garcia kind of in that false nine collecting back to the goal kind of. Striker, and it was nice to actually have somebody that was staying further up 
to combine with Amaria in that way where, you know, when Reynoso does that, it's he's taking something out of the midfield, which I think is compensated when Luda's playing is like an eight. So it was it was nice to see. And it was um I actually like the you know, when Robin Lud came back into the midfield with Will Trap. Um I thought there was a lot of really nice, silky, slick passes. Um, and it just looked like a new dimension. And again, it just comes back to like, I still like as, as much as I love Reynoso, I do think that Robin Lud might be our, our team's most valuable player, or at least most like versatile player for sure. But I don't know that we would have had this stretch with Trap being out if we didn't if we weren't forced to move Robin Lud into the midfield like that. It's like yeah. Robin Lud is like that, you know, playable character in a, in a video game that you end up buying the, download, the downloadable content, like the extra content, and you keep on unlocking certain levels of him. Eventually you level him up to where he is now. And it's just like, it's amazing what he can do. I think, I think the reason that Reynoso has been getting so much better is because you have another, another midfielder that can pass the ball, control the ball, and we talked about it, or Wes has talked about it, uh, Luka Modric-esque type of player who you can rely on and just and be able to take the pressure of, of him. Yeah, no, exactly. And also, like, one of the early, like, when things were going poorly for Minnesota, one of the things that we harped on for from Adrian Heath was that he was way too predictable in that, like, he always just started off with his game plan and just kept going, even after other opposing, and when opposing coaches made adjustments, he just kind of stuck with it and didn't change up the game plan. And the fact that now you have Robin Lude, who you can start him as a you know a number eight in the central midfield, make a sub, move him out to the wing, have him be an attacking player, and then also have him drift back in and move him back there. Like you could totally switch up your strategy and just go back and forth. And he's so versatile; he makes he allows you to do that. And that's one thing that's keeping all the other teams on their toes is that we're not just coming with the same four two three one every single time. Where if you shut down Reynoso, you shut down everybody. Like it's it's not as predictable as it once was. And it's awesome, and I love it. And I, I'm, I'm kudos to Adrian Heath for seeing this and doing it because the last couple matches, tactically, he's done a fantastic job, like very, very good. Um, it, it also is worth noting that um, I think I noted this with the athletic interview that he did with Jeff Reuter that um, there is a distinctly different Adrian Heath attitude that you're getting um, publicly, um, and I have. <laughs> I have had someone give me the indication that this is because maybe someone had a word with him and was like, hey, we're really bad right now. Everyone's mad at you. You should stop being a dick. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't I I cannot fully verify this, but well, I, it's like that's it's it's literally this. like the thing that we've all I mean, look, we don't need to harp on this, but it's like it's literally the thing that all of us just want. Like, I want to hear from the coach and not. In, in we a, want to just like our team. We want to be happy in, in that. Yeah, no. and it's like, oh my god, when you when you open up a little bit and we get to right. know you and understand your reasoning, that's not just you throwing the team under a bus after the, a loss. It's like, oh, or or dunking on them when they win, like Caleb Porter did this week for uh, with uh, oh, the god, Columbus fans. Amazing. He was like, oh, maybe our fans should like us more. It's like that dude. We need to invent a stat for him. XS, which is expected swirlies. After that one, there was a, he had at least a three excess, which is which is amazing. Um, but he's he's a small guy too, and so he you could he wears puffy vests, and you could grab him by the puffy vest and just flip him over, and 
I that's feel it, like it's if he doesn't that is if he doesn't slide out of the puppy yeah, vest because it's, true. it's one true. his mom buys him one size too large. Yeah. Um no, but she's worried about him slipping out of it. So she, she there's it's velcroed on the inside to his flannel shirt. Yeah, she's she sews that in there. Yeah. So it's yeah. really sweet of her. Yeah. Jean Those. is her name. Jean Porter. Jean Porter. Yeah. Um anyway, let's uh, here's what I want to do. I want to take a break and I want to come back and talk about the Debasi question, the defense question, because all of our Twitter questions are basically about that. Um, and, you know, we'll just combine it. Let's finish this off on the 551 podcast. We have um, the last section here where we talk about the fucked fate of <laughs> the loons for a little bit. Um, Debossi going out means that we have um, we have Brent coming in, and then behind him is like Kibben Gucci, Cal Montgomery, um, guys Cal who Montgomery. Have, guys who are pretty untested, um, especially if we're talking about getting ready not just for the end of the season when we're trying to keep a home playoff spot, but the playoffs. Um, so, I, I mean. I, I guess I could go to these questions. One person says, can we blame Dunord and his love of French transfer talk targets for a depleted back line? A joke, a joke. Debassi is one of my favorites, and this is depressing. But um, Dunord loves, he wants us to, to go to League One, and um, Unu flamed out, and two of the other French targets are um, now injured out for the season. So, although we are told that Metnier might come back at the end of the season, which I think is just like, Really? It's going to be great because it, it just be, sounds like, go ahead. It just sounds like a terrible idea. It's it's going to be it's going to be us playing whomever in the playoffs and he's going to pull up at like a year to the day. Yeah. And just pull up and be out for half of next season. Yeah. So right. the, the, I, can't, the, I can't wait to replay the Galaxy and Metanier it comes in and then and then Ricky Pew uh ends up Doing a through ball that he tries to go in and out reach for, and then he pulls out the other hammy. Yep. Can't wait for that, huh? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, serious question though: Does this ruin plans for the playoffs? Because I had I had been thinking we finish third, we have a really good path toward a semifinal versus LAFC, and then um, that'll be tough. Beating LAFC would be a big accomplishment. So, do you feel differently about that? No. Why? Not there, one bit. I There's a best case and worst case scenario, and they all involve Brent Coleman. In that, <laughs> the best case scenario is that... Minnesota like, back the blue. Yeah, Minnesota back the blue. Uh, coming through with the stash. Uh, they're, the best case scenario is that, um, I mean, it's not easy coming off the bench and not getting regular minutes and being a productive guy just straight out. Like we saw that as far as, you know, DJ Taylor needing to get like some reps under him before he started kind of come out and having some really good performances this year. I mean, Dane St. Clair is really the only one who was able to come off the bench and just like play out of his mind from the get go. And so maybe we, in those last stretch of matches, I mean, for sure, there's no way that we're going to get anybody to replace calm. Like if we can sign, you know, if we're if we're on a prayer for John Brooks to come in, it's no way he's playing this week. So Coleman's at least got two matches under his belt this week, and maybe the reps that he's getting for the last like five or six matches of the season will be enough to kind of get him into the 
feeling of being a starting uh, center back, getting the reps in, doing what he needs. Or he can be the Brent Coleman that we saw play in like Seattle and it's just going to be terrible. And so worst case scenario, we're just going to like just start bleeding goals early in matches and just having to like try to claw back from three goals down and being unable to do it. So I did. Those are the, be- those are the best case and worst case for me. I, I was um, almost pulled into the who could we sign last minute uh, rabbit hole and thankfully ended quickly. I, I was looking at um, defenders who have the highest, just the first stat I looked at is the most interceptions per 90. You know who's number three? Brent Coleman. So. You, know who's no, you know who's number four on that list? Damian Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I, Coleman was a starter against our 1-0 win against Red Bull, San Jose. Um, you know, he did come in against FC Dallas. Uh, we only had two wins when he was a starter, but he only, and he started eight times this season. So it's not a great, it's not a great number, but I also think he got better as he came in throughout the season. Um, so I, I'm not, I think, I think we figured out the other things around him from earlier in the season when he was starting and Debassi was out. Let's not forget that Debassi was out for the first third of the season. And, How'd we do? Um, not great. Yeah. But I think there were a ton of other things around that. We didn't have, you know, we're yeah. starting O'Neill Fisher and we, you know, oh, we Chase still Gasper have O'Neill Fisher, right? And, Hasn't he played yeah. center back? Not that I want. I don't think so. No. Kamar no. no. Lawrence so, played at the end of the season last year for Toronto for oh, like okay. a handful of matches. Yeah. yeah. So I when mean, when they were doing so think, really well. Yeah. And, and like Dotson had already gone out by that point. So look, it's like there, there were the stability both in the midfield and at fullback have since been established to some degree. And so I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think we might have, we might drop three or four more points than we should over the next, you know, eight games or however many matches are left, which is not super crucial, but I'm not. I'm not terribly worried about it. I think we'll be fine. I don't think that we're going to be able to dip into the market and get somebody who's going to understand how to work with Boxy. No, and and they would need to be signed by September second when the roster freeze. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the likelihood of us finding someone who who's going to work out is very low. Um, we could find a rando dude. Um, we could trade for a rando dude. We could trade. For, we should have like kidnapped Tim Parker. We we, we can't trade. We can't trade. You can only just no, find a free agent. You can only do free agents because pass the transfer. What if we kidnap? Can do, is there anything in MLS rules about kidnapping? You know, so I'm sure Don Garber has a kink for it, so we we'll find. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Can can we can we can we bring back Jose Aha or no? No. No. Because that would be a transfer. So um, yeah, so we are ultimately screwed unless John Brooks is coming. But you don't make that kind of decision. Like yeah. quickly, right? You don't do unless, that's unless big, unless unless it's like unless it's a it's a it's a temporary thing, and John Brooks wants to get playing time to lead up until the World Cup and sure. prove that he can. You know, fine. Sign awesome. him on a six sign month. Him, sign, exactly. Sign him for the till the end of the season. I don't know if they have that see what happens. They will not absolutely not do that. This will not happen. So so I guess here here's uh, 
Corey, you're not as negative as I am maybe about this. I'm definitely thinking Brent Coleman could come in and we've seen him be a pretty solid, unremarkable, but solid center back. And he scores more than the, the other center backs. But the likelihood of uh, with how pretty, you know, above average Debassi has been all season, um, the likelihood of us struggling especially in the playoffs in big moments is much higher now that I am now, I'm now less confident. Uh, maybe I don't know how to quantify that, but I was feeling pretty good that we could go into an LAFC match and get the, that far. And then who knows what happens. I'm not sure we get through one or two playoff games. That's just where, where I come out of this. I think what we really need to do is once we get Met Nair back, is that we're not we don't, with the hamstring issue. We don't want him like just running up and down the field. So we go to uh, you know a, you know three five two five man backline, whatever you want to call it, and we just have Boxy in the middle, and then you have Met Nair on his uh, right, and you have uh, Kamar Lawrence on the left, and then you have Benitez and DJ Taylor on the wings going up and down, and you just have a you just you know have Boxy be the guy who handles everything in the air. The other guys handle everything on the ground and just have at it. Yeah. So Rodrigo, I'm I'm curious to hear from you outside of who bringing in a player. Like with what we have, what do you want to see um, happen here that that would maybe come up with the best result? I think you have to dip into your your bench and have some sort of. Understanding that Brent Coleman's best role is when he he's somewhat unlimited minutes. I think uh, where he's able to to contain. My my concern is mostly is, is can Brent Coleman, if he starts every game, actually be uh, can he keep that up? Can he be consistent in that matter? I, my my belief says no. I said I'd rather play a Montgomery in that role. Just play it against an RSL. Give him some minutes. Give people some minutes to be able to. At least start figuring out if, if, if when you're getting towards the you know decision day, do you really need to rely more on Coleman or can you actually have some sort of pairing between between what you have? I don't think Kevin Gucci should play center back. I think Kevin Gucci needs to play a CDM role because he he overtakes every other person's space when he tries to come for the ball and he's too erratic for it. I think. Montgomery is a much better choice, and I don't. I've he's only also seen, taller. I've only seen Montgomery uh, yeah. play once or twice. So, um, yeah. also, I so know I, Montgomery had had taller, some fitness so, issues. Yeah. Is it, really he's taller than Kibanguchi? No, I don't think he's taller, but he hits the ball better. Okay. I mean, you you want someone else if you're going to rely on Boxy to clear all your all your balls, you're 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 asking for you're asking for set pieces to get scored yeah. around. I think I think you have a really good point there of. The likelihood of even if we go with Brent and Boxy, they're the way way forward. The likelihood that both of them will be playing all these games, um, fitness wise, um, you know, yellow card wise, um, is low. And we got to figure out is that uh, Callum Montgomery or you know other people have asked um, from uh, Ditch Ditchin Ditchin Min at anyway. Once Lawrence is back, should Benitez or Taylor start it right back and? Um, and then do you put Lawrence center back? Um, oh, actually his question is not, is just about the fullbacks, but, um, I think Benitez, you start Benitez has been really good. Yeah. 
um, his, defending, it, his, his defending has gotten better. Yeah, but you can't. I mean, Benitez in the past four games has two assists, right? I yep. mean, he has yep. he has that penetration that we've been asking to see, where someone dribbles literally to the end of the box and just centers the ball, uh, where there's somebody waiting there in the gap to be able to shoot. I mean, it's like the cutback move, the typical cutback move, and that's what he does well. Um, and he seems to be getting along with um, with with that side that he's playing at. I think. I think you keep DJ Taylor where he's at. He's been he's been good. He also moves up, but he's also more much better defensively than 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 um, Benitez. He's faster. He's he's fa- and he, I, he's faster than Kamar too. At least to the eye test, I, like he can. I think he can keep up when somebody's attacking down that yeah, right wing. I think so too. But I just I'd rather have one one um, one defender or one wing. Or one left back or right back that is a little bit more defensive than than offensive all the time. So that yeah. way you can at least have a counterbalance. Yep. Has in the history of playing, has Robin Lude ever tried center back? Uh, First time for everything. Because I mean, it's worked out so far this season. It'll be. I listen. I'm I'm all for it. Do you imagine like those the silky sixty yard ground level passes that he's going to be like threading through? Uh, like it's going to be. Why you know not? what? You know what? Uh, Boxley doesn't even need to start with Robin Lid at center back. That's that's yeah. my might as well rest my him. Feeling. Um, yeah, I'll I'll just go with this because all the Twitter questions are basically the things we just <laughs> talked about. We'll finish on this. Brandon DePilla says, "I do want thoughts on injuries, but for real, Coleman, a 1880s villainous railroad baron, or B lead singer of a 90s Christian rock band." I don't think that there was definitely no upturned corners on on the end of his mustache um so but here's the thing i don't i don't he's not the lead singer mm. no yeah. he's like a jars of clay bass player yeah should go mm. play for nashville um someone i believe named Corey shreppel described him as bad jebrovsky cosplay which i then texted to jebrovsky and jeb <laughs> jeb Hold on. Actually, let me go look this. Let me go look this up because I think he just said horrible. <laughs> he said, Jeb's, Jeb doesn't listen to this. Horrible Brovsky role play, but necessary, he said. <laughs> <laughs> we all need, we all need some Brovsky role play. I don't know. If, See, if, if, this is, if, this you is and, if you and your partner need to spice things up, we all need some Brovsky role play yeah. in our lives. I, I think it's, the one uh, that I saw on Twitter that really got me going was Coleman's one hundred percent looks like the guy who shares conspiracy theories with everyone while buying his scratch up at the gas station. And I was like, "Yeah, I've seen that somewhere in Little Canada." And that's what I thought outside of the six ninety four circle. So I literally thought that was that was a good one. on his on his way to Culver's. Yes, we had a conversation about. He, he's like, you see, if you have that stash, and then you get a butter burger, and then that just saves it for later. That's what. <laughs> that's what. You, that's that's how it works. That's uh, that's protein. Who needs a bib? You got a mustache. It's like, a, that's, it's like uh, what camels do. They save it. <laughs> it's just nature. Evolution, man. That's just how it works. Just water um, humps for your uh, face. Life finds a, finds a way. Um, let's call it quits while we are on that. Uh, thank Ever you, girl. my friends. <laughs> uh, we've got a Wednesday game. We will have it on at the Blackheart. Wait, it's a home game? No, it's a away game. It's at RSL. Yeah. And then we've got an afternoon Saturday game. So two times that I will see you all very soon. You're beautiful. You're sexy. And everyone loves you. <laughs>